episode 172 of Friends of Film. We're here to bring you the latest movie news and review the biggest new release, which this week is Avengers Endgame. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Wood, once again joined by Josh Straley. Hello, everyone. Hello, Cooper. Hello. Hey, uh, it kind of feels weird right now. We're in a um, post-Endgame world. We're in a post-Endgame world. Like, and just like, I feel wiped out, and I don't know if it's because of the six hours of sitting I did for this movie this weekend, <laughs> or if it's because it's finals week, or if it's just because... I'm ready for summer, and we're now sitting outside, like sitting in like a really cool, dreary day. At least it's not snowing, because I it's guess not there snowing. were possibilities of that, and I was going to throw a fit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but hey, everyone, don't forget, you can check out all of our latest reviews, episodes, and all those sorts of things on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be found. But if you can, on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us and help us find more friends of the show. That's right. Now, before we get into Avengers Endgame, which is mm-hmm. going to be very short on non-spoiler thoughts and very heavy on spoiler heavy things. Um, so much to discuss. There's so much to discuss. As you, I'm, Hopefully you've seen the movie already. If you listen to this, the movie's going to make over a billion dollars, looks like, in its opening weekend. So I'm assuming most of you out there have already seen the movie at this point. But before we get into that, Josh, did you watch anything else this week leading up to Avengers Endgame? <laughs> no, not leading up to Avengers Endgame. Post-Avengers Endgame, okay. I watched the last half of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Which is funnier than I remember it to be. I had that same experience when I rewatched it. I was like, oh, this is actually delightful. Like, yeah, it was just, it's just like not what I want from Avengers movies or Marvel oh, yeah. movies anymore. It's just like, this is so low key. I can't believe they actually <laughs> spent the time to make it. And it's just like Paul Rudd all yes. the way through. And um, the kid that plays his daughter, Cassie, like mm-hmm. that whole relationship is special. I love it. Yeah. They, they're great. And yeah, that movie was, I thought for me, I think it was the second time, maybe third time I saw it when I did rewatched it before Endgame, and I was like, I think it's the most I've liked it, mm-hmm. just because it was very nice and quick and very easy to watch and very funny. Um, but this week, uh, in anticipation of not Avengers Endgame, but Godzilla King of the Monsters, which comes out at the end of this month, I watched the 1998 Godzilla movie starring Matthew Broderick. Yes. It's terrible. Oh, it's fun. No. <laughs> it's I, fun. I hated it. D- just didn't like, pay attention to it. No, I paid attention. It was just, I just... I was like, why is Godzilla T-Rex, basically? Mm-hmm. Why is Roland Emmerich directing this movie? Yeah. <laughs> who it's... is the coast? Who is the girl that is just really, like, one of, like, a, just a terrible performance? Like, I'm sorry. Like, yikes. And then there's this weird love things happening, and it was, I, I thought it was just all over the place, and it was, like, just really, really bad. Yeah, it, it has its problems, but it's, like, really, like, a Jurassic, like, a late-comer Jurassic Park Um copycat yes um but it, it, it's it's weird that this movie came uh five years after jurassic park mm-hmm. because the special effects look worse than jurassic park did oh it's all cg it's all yep. cg i mean there's some practical stuff in this godzilla movie which i was like okay like those big godzilla eggs look pretty good or like a close-up of godzilla here yep. like that's all done practically and that looks good but the rest of it yikes doesn't hold up very well <laughs> but uh there is some good cg in Avengers Endgame. There's a lot of it, and there's a lot of this movie as well. Uh, and it's really hard to talk about this movie in non-spoiler fashion. Uh-huh. I tried to do this uh, on our website, friendsfilm.wordpress.com, where I 
wrote a quote-unquote review. It's more of a memoir. Of the movie. It basically <laughs> is. It's me just like spilling. It's, it's spilling. Thank you. It's me just spilling out emotions, which my title for the review is an epic and emotional finale, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a very uh, fitting way to describe this movie, obviously, because I put it in my own headline. Um, but I just found that the, those are the two words. Those and then satisfying were the feelings that I felt watching and experience this movie, which is really what this is. It's, it's not as much a movie. It's an experience, um, especially, I think, for longtime MCU fans. There's a lot to take in. There's a lot to to see and experience and love, and uh, that is certainly what I did. I gave it five ticket stubs out of five. I think the acting um, is like some of the MCU's best stuff uh, for a lot of the main six actors. And that, and that is really what the focus of this movie is on. There are other characters in there who are, you know, involved in the main plot, but this is really the story of the original six Avengers. And it's does some just amazing things that gives you things that you never thought would be on screen, but you really hoped would be on screen. And then it does so in amazing ways you never thought would be able to happen. And uh, there, there's just so much love and I, it's so hard to even talk about what the movie is about or what happens in it yeah. um, because they've done such a good job of keeping everything under wraps, especially after you see the movie, you're like, wow, <laughs> they <laughs> really mm-hmm. fooled us in a lot of ways. And uh, all I'll say is I loved it again, five tickets subs out of five and I can't wait to discuss it in spoilers. Yeah. I'll just follow that up. And like, I think it's, it's a five out of five ticket stub movie for me too. Um, in a lot of ways it, it it really just lets loose um, in a contained way, but then in an uncontained and unfathomable ways later on. But it's so much of a character story about like grief and loss and love and like why you're heroes and why you do what you do as a hero. And it explores that in ways in, in ways that are like, interesting and cool and then ways that are weird and funny um at the same time and i loved it for that it's outrageous and incredibly heartfelt um and it's just a big why it's a big wild adventure that you would expect from a comic book movie um but then dovetails and brings you uh closure and like you said um satisfaction Mm -hmm. for one of the first times in this entire run of movies, 10 years to get to a moment where I felt like, Oh, that was satisfying. Mm -hmm. Like you said. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with it like all the way. And then I'll just follow up with, um, something I read from Sean Fennessy. Like he called it like the MCU splash page moment. Yeah. And I think that is a perfect encapsulation of it. Yeah. I mean, the the movie itself is a giant splash, page, But it also has the, yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it really, it really is. And, um, yeah, it's, it's warm and inviting, but cold and, uh, breezy and, uh, yeah, it, uh, terrific mm-hmm. in all sorts of the ways from all of your favorite characters. Yeah. And that's a great piece by Sean Fennessy too, which read only if you've seen the movie, cause there's no, there's no spoiler warning on it. Um, mm-hmm. but there, are, there are heavy amounts of spoilers in that piece. Uh, so check it out after you've seen the movie and, uh, enjoy that. Retweet it on the feed. Yeah. Which um, is friends of film on Twitter. Yes, it is. Um, uh, but let's just get into spoiler territory so if you've not seen avengers endgame stop pause this episode go see the movie come back in three and a half hours after the credits and previews have rolled and then pick up with our thoughts then uh-huh. um starting there three hours runtime mm-hmm. did it did it was there any point where you're like nah, not working for me because personally i felt like this movie flowed maybe even quicker than avengers infinity war did when that's 30 minutes 
less than this one. Yeah, I, I checked my watch once. Okay. But only to timestamp where we are in the events, really. Okay. It wasn't out of like, I need to get out of here. Right. It was like, how are we moving? Like, just to check to kind of see how this movie was segmented and mm-hmm. um, especially like in the so, like, for me, it was fine. Okay. I mean, it doesn't clip at the pace that Infinity War does. Okay. Because you're not being thrown across the stars mm-hmm. um, as much as you are here. Espe- especially in, the first hour. Especially in the first hour. You're, you, get, you, get, uh, you get thrown across space and time <laughs> later. But for me, it worked perfectly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just, like, so surprised. Because, like, honestly, when I saw him the first time and the big final battles happening, I was just like, Okay, so like we still got like what another like forty minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is the end. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. we're here. This was the end game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like that first hour that you just mentioned is my favorite of the movie, for so many reasons. Okay. For and like not even the first ten minutes. The what happens after that? This movie begins with like an insanely like, what are we gonna do now with the rest of the movie? Right. Attitude. <laughs> there, there's a there's a great. Uh, I mean, we're in spo- spoiler territory, but like when they go and find Thanos mm-hmm. on Titan 2.0, his guard, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, uh, and they chop off his hand, you're like, great, victory. Then the stones are gone. You're like, oh no, failure. And then uh, Thor cuts off Thanos' head, and you're like, what? And then the movie, <laughs> right. and then it just cuts to black and stays there for like four seconds, mm-hmm. and you're like, what? <laughs> What's happening now? And then they do the five years later. We jump ahead, and uh, I thought that was that's one of those moments where instantly I was like, okay, like the Russos are going against everything that so many people were thinking. I was like, okay, well we know Thanos is this movie, but he's probably got the armor on because like you know he's damaged from the snap in the first place. Now he's got to you know protect himself a little more. Right. Nobody was thinking, oh, we're going to get a past version of Thanos to travel to the future in our timeline and <laughs> intervene with his own events because he figured out with it based on the memory network of Nebula. I was like, right. What? <laughs> Like, it is so insane, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy that, like, you know, in the first 15 minutes that you see Thanos decapitated, and yeah. you're like... the plot is solved. Like, yeah, and you're like, just like... Kind of. And you're just like, now what? Like, I still think, like, the theories of time travel, you're like, okay, so that's... Like, the stones being gone is obviously, like, what's going to come into play here, mm-hmm. but, like, in the moment, you're just like, wait, <laughs> it this is, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's in, in, the, in the entire thing is gr- is grimmer and darker than anything else the MCU has put forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor's attitude, there's like a little bit of ro- like rocketeer spirit, um, like as the or rocket spirit, sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> livens it up a little bit and makes you less, I don't know, like perturbed. Right. I thought you were a Care Bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a Build-A-Bear. Build-A-Bear, yeah. He's like, honestly, maybe I am. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of screw-ups going around these days or whatever he right. says. Uh, it is, yeah, so good. And after that five years later banner, you... We get to see these characters like we've never seen them before. Can we can we jump back a little bit first before first. we jump? Yeah, yes. before we go into the five year jump, just because uh-huh. skinny St- skinny Tony. Oh yeah, was not something I was emotionally prepared to see in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's one of those other like digital tricks they they pulled off where they gave they put a body double in there and then they put Donnie's face on him and then just like you know made his cheekbones a little more uh, noticeable and I was just like wow like 
wasn't prepared to see like Tony near death so early on. Yeah, it sold me on that. Like I joked that like they'll kill him in the first like you know twenty minutes, right. and then that that'll be like the great you know <laughs> like twist of the movie. Um, and you were like, oh, maybe there, maybe I was right. <laughs> uh, as it was happening, I was like, oh wow, right, right before Captain Marvel shows up and shows mm-hmm. like, as soon as I saw like the, the warm line, I'm like, uh, that's that's Carol. Right. Like, figured that was gonna happen or something, you know, like whatever the case is. But yeah, no, you I mean the, you, even before they go decapitate Thanos, they you already see these characters like just despondent. Yeah, and, so, and no, none more so than Stark yep. because. It's it's been his greatest fear. It was his it's his I told you so moment. It's his last barb at Steve mm-hmm. um, before just having an outright I don't know if it's a panic attack or just collapsing just, because yeah. he, he's gone twenty days without food or right. almost went twenty days without yeah, food. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was a panic. Attack. I feel it's more just like he's just out of energy at that point. He rips out right. the nanotech arc reactor that's on his chest and he's like, mm-hmm. "You wear it and hide, liar." And I was like, "Wow." And like in the in the first like five minutes of this movie, like I think one criticism that you that some people pointed at the MCU for the last you know like several movies over Phase Three is that like the repercussions of Civil War haven't really been like that like noticeable. Uh-huh. Like yeah, like the Avengers split up, but like it's not like that big of a deal. But like when Tony and Steve are reunited for the first time since the end of that movie, like you see just how like how much vitriol Tony has for Cap because he's like you said we would fight together. And then we would lose together too. Mm-hmm. And then we lost and you weren't there. Yeah. And I needed you in the past, which trumps what you need now in the present. I say we need a suit of armor around the world, calling back to Age of Ultron. And mm-hmm. like they're just like they just brought everything back. And I was maybe maybe it's my cap loving self. I was like, Tony, you're making me a little mad right now. Uh-huh. Because but like also it's just kind of sad to see him in that state where Tony's for the most part it's always been trying to figure out how to protect everybody. Right. And at this moment in time, after being saved himself, he's just like, I give up. Like, there's nothing we can do. We lost. And that's the, that's it. I'm going to go live my life. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. Like the character work here is phenomenal on all fronts. It really is. And Tony's like his, his most despondent is right there. Um, before we jump forward then yeah. again, five years. And like, it's, cool to see how these people have are moving reacting and everything like that um like the very first clip we get is captain america leading group therapy mm-hmm. and like that is so him and so cool and so wonderful in like so many ways it's got a nice little joe russo cameo right um it's the guy who's going out on the date for the first time in five years as he said mm-hmm. uh, which is so sweet and he's like he's leading them through that i'm like yeah that's captain america showing leadership and something of you know Beyond just being an Avenger, it reminds you a little bit of uh, Winter Soldier and Sam's um, same thing, mm-hmm. saying they help, and that's how people get through and move on and like things with other lives. And so, like that's really cool. Um, but then you get Natasha and him together in the same room, and that's where like all of that really plays out about like how they move on and what they've become. Mm-hmm. And that's the most growth you've seen from these characters since you know they were they were named and began right and it's so good and i loved all of those interactions well and for i i this is a wide assumption but like i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i haven't i haven't fact checked this statement but the five-year jump is obviously the most we've 
not seen of any of their lives. So there's so there's five years for all of them to experience life, mm-hmm. to go through hardships, for Nat to step up and become the leader of the Avengers, basically, and still be the the last one who's like, no, we can like figure this out somehow. We will we will find a way. We will help bring balance back to the universe and like restore reality. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cap's like said he's moved on, but he, like then he says, well. I keep telling people to move on, but I can't move on. Right. Tony's moved on for real. Hawkeye's out there killing people in Tokyo. Oh, how did we even get this far without talking about that terrific opening? I mean, yeah, it was it, gutting. It, it was, yeah, it because like I said, like it starts, this movie starts warm. You're out in the field with um, him and his family. Yep. And Calls then, his daughter Hawkeye. And then all of the sudden, you know, storm clouds roll in and they're dusted mm-hmm. before like the saddest tune in the world starts to play. And then you're just treated to more devastation after devastation. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Renner sells it hard. Like Renner is. He's so good in this movie. He's so good in this movie. He's not like just quippy anymore. No, like he actually <laughs> like. great. He finally has like a character arc to go through, which is great. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's just like. It's the Jeremy Renner you kind of been waiting to like have like show up, mm-hmm. and it just makes you so glad that they like did dust half of you know right <laughs> their characters so that he could get more time on screen. Mm-hmm. So I love that absolutely. And I think so. Uh, we're so we're we're five years in the future now. We're kind of figuring out where life is at, and as Nat and Cap are kind of reminiscing, saying like we don't know how to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see that Nat's leading a team that consists of Nebula, Rocket, War Machine. Uh, Okoye and Captain Marvel who are still like staying involved somewhat as a team, but yeah. they're all kind of off doing their own thing at the same adventures. time, um, which I thought was cool. And, uh, but then uh, that is when, as Steve and Nat are talking to each other, we get uh, our reintroduction to Ant-Man. Right. Yeah. And uh, Paul Rudd gives this movie uh, a necessary shot of energy that was so welcoming. And honestly, I think, uh, Paul Rudd's performance in the movie, but also just Ant Man as a character uh, is probably the best he's been in the MCU in this movie. Yeah, he's he's like the glad to be here guy. <laughs> yeah, and like that earnest. Whose sandwich is that? <laughs> yeah, right, it just shows um, and like livens up every interaction he has with like any Avenger whatsoever. Um, and like in that moment, and then like moving forward, like getting like building their time machine or the quantum tunnel or whatever uh-huh. they have, like, like all of these things um, are just like, it's complex and weird, but when Scott Lang's delivering it to you by you know, vis-a-vis Paul Rudd, you're, it's funny, it's interesting. And it's, it's dumbed down in the way that you can get it. Right. With like that, that guy's, you know, toothy smile and like charismatic voice and everything like that. So that's, that's the best way to kind of like get it going. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and from there, that's where we start learning that, like, and get confirmed that time travel is going to be what the second hour of this movie mm-hmm. is all going to be about. It's about them figuring out a how t- how time travel works, b what their plan is going to be, and then c the execution and for for some parts the failure of that initial plan. Yeah. And time travel is an incredibly tricky subject. Uh, <laughs> we've debated it many times mm-hmm. did the way that they explain time travel work for you i like the new way of because I, I like this way of explaining time travel i don't know if it like falls to, i don't know if the logic holds up like all the way through but i totally dig it you can't like <laughs> like it's it gets like a little bit of um kind of like gleefully glib i think like at this point where they're like 
um, Ant-Man and uh, Rhodey are digging through, you know, like all the time machine, tra- all the time travel movies, mm-hmm. uh, Back to the Future, Hot Tub Time Machine, <laughs> um, and uh, then there's some other one. Yeah, they name off so many. Or whatever. Die they- Hard. <laughs> like, no, oh, wait, no, that's not one. Right. Um, and so basically, if you go to the past, you can't, you can't actually change the past. Mm-hmm. Or you you can't actually change the past because when you go to the past, the past becomes your future, mm-hmm. and your future becomes your past. Yeah. So it's basically saying time only runs straight forward. Yeah. Um, and so when you go to the past, it's just you going to the past. Mm-hmm. That stuff's set in stone, and that becomes going to the past becomes like something you've already done. Yes, but then there's the second part to it that we learn about through the ancient ones interaction with Bruce Banner that mm-hmm. you can't just remove things or totally change them in the past because then it will, either it won't totally affect your reality. It will create a, a sister timeline or whatever. Like, I don't remember the exact phrase yes. you use, but then something else will be born out of that. Um, whatever change is made. Yeah. See, that's what I was wondering about too. Is that just her referencing that if you take the time stone from this timeline, then when um, the Demi Dark Force guy from Doctor Strange shows <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah. When he shows up and unleashes Dormammu. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. I got it. Uh, <laughs> that would be how their world comes into like chaos because they don't have the time stone. And that's what Strange uses to defeat. Yeah. I think I think the, the big thing in this explanation is that they don't want to use time travel because they don't want to create other universes or timelines that would mm-hmm. then have the chance to like in yeah. some ways cross over or whatever. That's where it kind of fell apart. So, so I think, I think the explanation is that as long as you go to the past and you don't change anything too major, um, you can always go back then and reinstall whatever you taken before. So that way nothing actually changes. Yeah. That part was like really strange for me. Okay, because like, and I, I think that's how it works, and it's it is it is obviously confusing, and it's like if you really want to get into like nitpick the whole thing, like there's some like yeah, it falls apart. Yeah, think, there's yeah. like I don't know totally how this works. I think personally that there's a great explainer piece up on screenrant.com, um, like breaking down the whole time travel. Like there are four different types of time travel that's like commonly accepted in movies and explored, and then mm-hmm. how Avengers Endgame uses parts of them and parts of other ones yeah. um, to kind of give you a realistic one. And uh, I think for the most part, the movie does a really good job of using time travel to a revisit past events and give us great fan service moments, but also uh, make sure that they do it, but tie it all up in the end with Steve Rogers, obviously going back and putting everything back in its place um, when they took it initially. So I think, I think that is still a closed loop uh, in a, in a sense and that everything still, like you said, goes linear. It's all forward. You can still go back, but you can't totally change too much because you'd go back then again and replace everything. Yeah, it it it, it it's really just set up to um, let the ending be for Cap. Yeah. Rather than anything else, mm-hmm. um, that you like, if you go to the past, you don't change anything in there, but you just get to basically move forward in time from that point right. or whatever the case is. So yeah, it like I I still think it doesn't 
really hold up. But for the purposes of the movie, right? It's like, oh, that makes sense. Like there are no consequences. Basically, yeah. I mean, like you can, like you can. Well, I'm, I mean, yes and no. I mean, there's a consequence of they travel through time, and that's how Thanos learned that they were traveling through time in the past. So that yeah. is one consequence of it. But there's like no fading photo, right? There's no because um, Neb, because like Nebula is able to kill her past self, and it's fine mm-hmm. because she's already in her future and that's technically now in her present yes yeah so it's not like yep. oh i killed my past self so now i'm dead as well because I, I thought that was gonna happen but i was like oh wait that's not how this version of time travel is operating yeah so i think the movie does a fine job of explaining what they're going for and it's believable in that aspect and i think any time travel movie can be picked apart and be like this doesn't make sense anymore. yeah they're basically saying time is only linear so when you go to the past you're actually bringing the past to the future right so it's actually back to the future <laughs> like it's literally you take it with you uh-huh. which is interesting the only thing so, that yeah so is, many ways. is potentially confusing about this is steve rogers whole thing right um, i mean i don't know it doesn't really make me just jump yeah, on yeah, that yeah yeah in this movie uh, the basically the final clip of this movie is the most satisfying moment of the entire thing i believe at least for me it's something i wanted and i'm sure yeah. we all kind of wanted in a way i said this was would be a great Going way to, to end it. Uh, not to brag, but then again, at the same time, when you say a thousand things, one of them ends up being right, right. eventually. <laughs> he goes, but he has the stones and he puts them back mm-hmm. beca- um, because the ancient one said to for some reason. <laughs> and then he just says, nah, I'm going to stop in 1940 here and go live my life with Peggy. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not totally sure if it is 1940 or if it's 1950. Like, I I don't know if it's picking it up like right after the plane crash. Mm-hmm. And like, all right, now now we see her 1945, and nothing like totally happened. Like Peggy read on the news. Oh, Steve Rogers is dead, but then he's still around. Yeah, because the way they play it is then that like Steve's kind of always been in the past mm-hmm. with Peggy. And I think you can. I think you can buy it. I think that's there's workarounds in the timeline and Steve's story that makes that work. And even Peggy's story. Yeah. Where like, you know, in winter soldier, she says she has a husband, um, that Steve Rogers saved during world war two. And to a certain extent, he saved himself, I guess. So that, that can hold true. And then when she has pictures of her family up in her, um, hospital room, you see the kids, but you never see her husband. And is that just them trying to protect that Steve Rogers actually was there all along? Like you could you can have some headcanon workarounds there. I think can explain all this. Uh, yeah, kind of. Like, it, it, I mean, like basically, like it, you remember how you say you take the past to your future, right? His future is that he goes back in the time and marries her, uh-huh. and in the future past, she's together, never meets the dude. So there's like two Peggy Carters in his life. He still has to basically own up to the fact that he made out with her uh, niece, nephew, granddaughter. Definitely not a nephew. <laughs> That's right. Whatever that was. Um, I think so. I think uh, Sharon <laughs> is Peggy's grandniece. Okay. Uh, there we go. But that yeah, it, it, it's a little weirder if he is the father of her parent or something uh i mean he's, got, he's not but right it for the purpose of the movie though it's just funny yeah um but that was so that was the best moment of the movie for me especially because it was the cut to black right after mm-hmm. that and i was like 
there's there there is happiness and there's finality for this guy. Yeah. There's no there's no um uh you know post credit scene those stinger. Mm-hmm. There's none of that, and it, we just ended and it just said directed by Joan Anthony Ruscio. Yeah. And I love that. That was terrific. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's a really satisfying ending. I still think that you know Cap went back. It's like between what. 80 60 to 80 years in the past roughly um and so now he's you know a 60 to 80 year old man uh that's what he looks like right uh probably more on the 80 ish side than 60 um but i mean i still think there's a chance that like chris evans isn't totally done that he could like come back for like the falcon and winter soldier show mm-hmm. um especially what they set up here which we are going to discuss all the future implications of this movie in the big question this week that'll drop on wednesday so um be on the lookout for that but i really just found it as a it's the, the the word we've used before, just the satisfying conclusion of Steve Rogers' story. You know, he was a man at a time for the last eleven years mm-hmm. or yeah. twelve years, um, and now he, after saving the world in the biggest way possible, he was able to then go back and actually live the life he was, in some ways, supposed to have to begin with. And uh, I think that's a really just great story. Then, yeah, F- fantastic. Um, I mean, there's other things happening here as well. Um, as we mentioned in, you know, they get to time travel before they get to time travel. We get to meet professor Hulk, uh, which I have to say, it took me a couple of scenes to get used to the look of Uh professor Hulk because it was just so much of Mark Ruffalo's face, but just giant and green. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, uh, the social media star attitude of him, I was not expecting. Right. When he's like, dab, and I was like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, this is, yes. a, this is a totally different version of Hulk than we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And then when, like, you know, they do go time travel, and, like, you know, you may want to smash some things along the way, and he's like, oh, I find it so gratuitous. And he's like, <laughs> right. And he's like, like you know, pounding was, his fist on the cab, and he's like, hates all every second of it. It's ultra surreal. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Especially, though, in contrast to when they show you what the other Hulk was like. Right. Um, big green and not about those stairs at right. all. Right. <laughs> he's just, and then when he's like, he's just jumping on top of a, one of the Chitauris just yes. for fun, basically. <laughs> it's like, he goes from that to the, like this cool, calm, collected guy. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was absolutely, that was, that was, it was one of my, that was one of my favorite moments, I think. Yeah. Um, entirely. Now we have not talked about, uh, Thor at all yet. No, we haven't talked about which, Thor. Which, uh, is beer belly Thor, Fat Thor. I don't know how uh, you want to call him. Defeated, yeah, definitely defeated and depressed Thor. Um, and uh, it's a very different looking Thor, obviously, which was a great visual gag the first time he's shown up on screen. Um, but also, I think just really interesting way to progress the character forward. Yeah. Of he failed the biggest way possible, and he's not coping with it well at all. He's just, you know, yelling at noobs online playing mm-hmm. Fortnite to protect his buddies Korg <laughs> and Meek, and. Uh, other than that, he's just drinking beer nonstop. He's not yeah. really ruling over the new Asgard that's set up in Norway. He's mm-hmm. just trying to not think about his failure. Right. Yeah. And like, and he's just like, and you can when they, um, Professor Hulk or Hulk and or Banner, mm-hmm. Banner goes, yeah, Hulk go, Hulk and Rocket go to go see him because they're his buds, and they're just like, dude, like, what's the deal? You gotta come help us out. And he's like defeat Thanos like I already defeated Thanos like cut his head off in mm-hmm. his arm you know and he's like so adamant about all of this he's like I don't like you know I'm fine I don't need any of this and then you just kind of like it's funny to watch him be like this but it's really really sad yeah um especially too when 
he's time traveling with Rocket and gets to have the encounter with like his mom. Yes. Great uh, moment. A, a fantastic return bomb by Rene Russo uh, as Freda. And that, and like Thor is interesting now, mm-hmm. which is so funny. Like Thor was funny in Ragnarok. And then now he's just like, I want to know what this dude is up to. What? I love him inebriated. <laughs> him trying to explain dark elves and like the lore. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, technically, somebody, one of you guys called an Infinity Stone. He like points a cap. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, technically, that's more of like a a, a, sl- a, a slushy liquid. And he's <laughs> right. like, so we need to amend that. Like that's not the case. It's not a stone. Right. <laughs> it's like, like this is this is the point. And they called him Big Lebowski like mm-hmm. several times. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so good. It's a, such a, it's a it's a very stark. Yeah. I think Stark is the one yeah. who drops the reference. And I'm like, and I'm just thinking that like as we're going through there, mm-hmm. I'm like someone's gonna say it. Someone's gonna yep. say it. And then there it was. Um, but like, and she sort of gives him like she you know she just gives like this like really motherly like conversation about like being who you are mm-hmm. and like or then moving and like moving up and moving forward past failures. And it ends with like probably his best moment of calling to Mumir in the past mm-hmm. or in 2013, in 2013, um, Thor, the dark world. And he catches it and realizes, Oh, I'm still worthy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And then gets to it, uh, jumps forward to the present. Right. And I, I really love that whole speech that happens between him and Frigga where he, she's just telling him, yeah, you know, everybody fails at being who they think they need to be. You just need to be who you are. Mm-hmm. And that goes all the way to the end of his arc. When he passes off Asgard, he's like, I'm going to go join the guardians of the galaxy. And he's just like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to figure out who I am and be that. And like, he, he fits so much better with the guardians now, especially than he ever did in a Thor solo movie. Like yeah. ironically enough. And like, whether not only just like the tone and the style, but just like the out of place misfit kind of guy where mm-hmm. that first Thor movie, he is just like, yeah, let's. I'm gonna be king. Woo! I'm the best. And he, but he's not prepared for it at all. And then by Thor Ragnarok, he's like he's he's basically there to be king, but like he he's just doing it because he basically has to. Yeah. But now he's just like you know I don't need to be king. Like there's other people who can take care of Asgard, mm-hmm. um, and new Asgard and the, all the Asgardians. And now I can just go. Yeah. Be me. Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, like is he like via handshake passes over right. the like uh, very unceremoniously but like cool mm-hmm. and like that way it like passes it off, and it just it just suits Chris Hemsworth in so many great ways too. Like because his he's so much he's better suited to comedy if the men in black international trailer before your movie played you know didn't shout that to your face enough yeah and so it's 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 a terrific whole thing for him Mm -hmm. um which i think obviously means that guardians of the galaxy 3 is gonna feature thor yeah i mean i don't know if it'll be him in a full starring role or if they'll be like oh he's he's here for like part of it and Mm -hmm. then he goes off and does his own thing I think I'll be fine either way, but I mean, if he's there the whole time under James Gunn, wow. Watch out. That's going to be great. Yeah. Um, so now we're basically at the point chronologically, I know we're jumping around all over the place, but like where time travel is being invented by them, we see, you know, Scott be the guinea pig and transform to baby mm-hmm. uh, Scott, teenage Scott, old man Scott, and then regular Scott. Right. <laughs> and you get the whole, you get the good, uh, uh, somebody pee my pants. I'm not sure if it was baby me, old me, or just... <laughs> Mimi, <laughs> uh, really great moment, and uh, you know Bruce is like, like I don't like I don't know if this is gonna kill him. We're talking about time travel. Is right. it all a joke or it's not a joke? Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, it's like, that's a great way to sum this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, time travel. Like, it is. You can only explain it so much, and now we're just we're we are accepting that it's here and it's happening, and now we're moving forward. Yeah, it's so it's so meta. Like they just like uh, we're gonna have fun with this in all yeah. sorts of ways. <laughs> and uh, 
man, do they do. They <laughs> First thing we see after they all jump in, cut to black, and then boom. New York, 2012, mm-hmm. the Avengers. We get a re- we get a you know to see the group 360 shot one more time, yep. uh, and then hover up above, right. and then boom, <laughs> Ant Man, Hulk, Iron Man, and Tony are in New York, like a block away <laughs> down an alley, mm-hmm. and uh, now they're off to get the Infinity Stones uh, for themselves. So they can use it in the present timeline. Then, yeah, absolutely. And this is where the movie uh, just like just dives all in on like. We're here to tell the conclusion of, you know, the story that we set up in Avengers Infinity War, but we're also concluding the last 11 years of films. Mm-hmm. And we're Marvel Studios. We're the Russo brothers. We're these mega actors in the giant in the biggest franchise of all time, basically. We're going to acknowledge our successes of the past and even our failures with Thor Ragnarok. Right. Or not, or not Thor Ragnarok. The Dark Thor, World. The Dark World. And uh, they just, they go all in on it. And we see so many callbacks and references uh with the avengers we get robert redford to appear yes we uh, do. So, and matthew berry the fantasy expert from espn is his like security guard right oh, next to him okay <laughs> and i was like okay random <laughs> this was very weird uh, but there are just so many things that happen in this sequence here that i was just like completely just like giddy about grillo and um his like team of lackeys uh-huh. show up for a like a perfect which like a perfect like elevator callback to yep. the fight scene in Winter Soldier, which is like the clear like that's what the Russos want you to think is obviously like oh. that elevator door opens up, Cap mm-hmm. walks in, and it's like the reversal in a sense where he was the first one on, then they all surrounded him. Yeah, and you're all you're just like okay, wait for him to say like before we do the same, but we want to get off. Uh huh. And you're like okay, here it comes, and right. then he just says, "I got this." Uh huh. Hell Hydra, and you're like, <laughs> right. "Oh my gosh." Like he he's, he said Hill Hydra to trick them, and mm-hmm. like then his expression after the fact, it was just such a great way to have a moment you could never have in a Marvel movie. Even though Marvel Comics tried to do that a couple years ago, yeah, make Cap a sleeper Hydra agent, right? Uh, Which makes didn't that, go over well. <laughs> it didn't go over well, but it makes the it makes that moment even funnier too. When you're right. like, oh, that's right. There's a comic book run where Captain America, you know, fights to the end, and then at the end says Hail Hydra uh-huh. to everyone's astonishment. Yeah, and it was so funny. It was, it was so good, and I even love leading up to that when Ant-Man and Tony are kind of watching the Avengers corral Loki, yeah. and he's like, who are those guys? And they're like, oh, they're S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Well, actually, they're Hydra bad guys. We didn't know that at the time. And he's like, what? Those guys scream bad guys. <laughs> right. Like, I was like, I mean, like, yeah, that's, well, he's not some, wrong. There's <laughs> some great jokes about the old Captain America suit and uh, Cap, um, yeah, uh, that's Captain Rogers America's is, ass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or as far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then uh, after um, Steve, who has the only encounter with like his, his past, past self, self, which was amazing, which was a terrific fight oh scene my to gosh. see both those shields collide. So both uh, the shields collide. We have 2012 Steve knock down 2023 Steve mm-hmm. and say, "I can do this all day." He's like, oh, "I know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just so annoyed. I was like, "I love this." Like, it's because mm-hmm. like he he said that twice on the big screen and like. Every time it's like this rousing, like, yeah, let's go get him, Cap. And now this time we're like, stop it. Yeah, it's it's the movie is a is all at once a victory lap, and but also a victory lap, but also like it just deflates all of the energy that you found sincere and um, like appreciative and like you said rousing, mm-hmm. but in like a way that's still not. It, is, it still doesn't seem like it's being too clip. Like yeah. in, in any way, and that 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 that's perfect because, like you said, like yeah, you're like, oh yeah, that's Cap. He can do it all day, and then here he's like, we're, we're done with this. I'm, I'm over it. And it's kind of like, it's like, oh, yeah, I 
that's that, that works now this time. Yeah, <laughs> we get it. So good. Uh, I'm trying to do anything else from the Avengers section. We got to see Ancient One again. Mm-hmm. She was fighting in the bat in the battle yeah. uh, secretly, which I thought was a really neat uh, little retcon that they did there. Yes. Um, Loki disappears, uh, which is is like the only like loose end. Loose really. end, which I think is basically them just setting up the Disney Plus series where Loki is now in this alternate timeline where he's the 2012 version of Loki and he has the space stone so he can jump around in various points in space, Yeah, which just like gives him unlimited opportunity to just do whatever he wants. And mm-hmm. I think gives, it makes me a lot more excited if that is the path of the Loki TV show, uh, than just like, Oh, here's Loki's past adventures of like him when he was a, a, a teenager visiting earth or him as a 21 year old and going out to this other planet. I'm like, yeah. eh, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But now if it's just like Tom Hiddleston doing six random adventures, like, yeah, that's going to be amazing. That would be fun, for sure. Especially if it's just filling out that character yeah. in a lot of ways. <laughs> and, like, and we got to see uh, Chris Evans play Loki version of Captain America again, which I thought was Oh, yes, <laughs> was exactly. That's right. Because that's what, like, you know, doesn't, like, trigger any alarm bells right. with um, the 2012 version of mm-hmm. Steve Rogers. Cause he's like, oh, it's just Loki. Yep. I got him. No worries, whatever <laughs> the case is. But that whole, that whole thing is just so – I don't know. It's so – it's so hypnotizing because you're like, I know this is like bad, but like the world's about like hinges on this, but the entire mood is just bouncy and buoyant. Mm-hmm. And you're like, there's no stakes here. Right. And it, it's really like they, they jokingly call this movie like, or, or Ant-Man calls this like a time heist mm-hmm. um, to much avail. And that attitude never leaves this movie. You never feel like anyone's like ever in danger up right until like the very final clips of mm-hmm. it all and it's i don't know the, you it's it's thoroughly enjoyable all the way through right and you mentioned you know when uh scotland calls it a time heist makes me think back to tony's uh civilian life which we haven't talked about we yet haven't touched it, and yes. uh is so good uh uh-huh. <laughs> where he's he's retired uh basically from superhero gang like he's you know he's you know still inventing you know, an armor or two for pepper pots mm-hmm. but he has a daughter morgan stark now which is just adorable uh-huh. uh they have a great relationship where love you tons love you three thousand mm-hmm. uh a lot of heartwarming moments there and uh but then there's also the moment with uh pepper when he figures out time travel uh yeah. where he's like yeah by the way i figured out time travel mm-hmm. uh you know i could like go throw this you know in the bottom of the lake and we can move on and she's like tony uh-huh. like making you stop is one of the few failures of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's when he goes off to do what he does. And I was like, man, especially looking back at the movie or seeing it a second time and seeing that scene, like all of that stuff just plays uh, even more powerful. Just seeing like how good of a dad and how good of a husband like he's become uh, to then do the ultimate sacrifice, which we'll discuss in depth w- later on. But uh, I loved all those home scenes. His, his entire character arc in this story is terrific. Where, I mean, just like, um, I think that, I don't know if who, who wrote it, and it, but it was on One Perfect Shot, and it kind of just tracks the movie's, his, all of the movies, all of the Avengers and his standalone films, and the inconsistencies of, oh, I've seen the light, I've seen the light, I've seen the light, no more Iron Man suits, mm-hmm. okay, I've got Iron Man suits, and now automated Iron Man suits right. flying all over the place. And then it's like, okay, how about these uh, Slovakia cords. So, 
uh, Sokovia Accords. Sokovia Accords. And then, like, and how it's, like, cycling, cycling, cycles. And here, the, the cycle is broken. Like, and all of that. And you see new you see new facets of his character. Um, like, you know, like, no more glib. Like, like that relationship with Morgan, mm-hmm. which is so sweet. It is. Um, but it's also very Tony Stark, too, where he's like, now go to sleep or I'll sell all your toys. Right. <laughs> and it, it gets a laugh. It's funny. It's so him. I thought we were all the way through because he curses after he figures out time travel Yeah, and she's there. And I thought we were going to hear her say language and get a call back to uh-huh. age of Ultron. Um, I was like, yeah, that's fine. She swears along yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I like, that's like, even better. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I know, I know again, we're going back, but uh, we're talking about the father daughter relationships and the reunion between Cassie and Scott mm-hmm. after he gets out of the quantum realm again. Man, yeah, absolutely. like so good getting to see them again. He's like, you're so big, which could be a reference to the future of her becoming stature and becoming getting her own powers to grow super tall on her own. Um, just really great to see them back together. And then his panic when he's like searching around like that memorial site of just all the fallen people. Oh, yeah, just like, just like no please Cassie. no Cassie, no Cassie, no Cassie. And Paul Rudd was phenomenal. Yeah, it was a terrific way to get him like get him started. Cassie is like 22 now, I guess. <laughs> Uh, it seemed like her she aged out up really quick. I, I'm pretty sure that the actress who plays older Cassie Lang, which is Emma Furman, is like uh, 16, 15, is like 17. Okay, I'm fact checking that right now. Yeah, she's 17. So, wow. uh, and then Abby Ryder Fortson, who plays younger Cassie in the past, um, I think she's like 10 or 11. So, okay, it that works. It fits. Basically. It was just so jarring to be like, that's not Cassie, right? <laughs> I was a little perplexed that like no, there was no mention of like you know, um, uh, uh, Maggie, his ex-wife, or mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Cavallani, or I don't know how to pronounce his last name, um, but like e- like either like the other mom and dad in her life, like there's no mention of that. Was she living on her own? Uh, were they also snapped? Like I assume they're snapped. It's not like a huge huge deal. It looks like you know, discussing like a sequel if they if Ant Man three happens or something, uh-huh. but. It, it was uh wasn't the point here, and it was uh, still just a really great reunion, regardless. Um, but jumping back into time travel mode, um, I think that's all we need to discuss in 2012 Avengers. I think we covered all the nice oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easter eggs and everything. Which then 2013, we've all pretty much discussed all of that, all those beats already too. Um, and then we just have there's Vormir. Uh, the mission of Vormir and then the mission to Morag. Uh, mission of Morag, a really cool recreation of the Guardians of the Galaxy opening. Yeah. Um, with Nebula and War Machine just watching. War Machine saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, he's an idiot." <laughs> right. They're like figuring out who Quill is. Yeah. Uh, really, really nice moment there. And then, like, even <laughs> I just loved how Rhodey just kept calling into like, "No, this isn't how it goes in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go into a place called the the House of the Power Stone, yeah, the there's gonna the be Stone. there's gonna be booby traps all over the place." <laughs> and, then, and Nebula's just like, <sighs> and just walks in. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would have been funny, though, if, like, a trap or two came off, and then, like, they disarmed them, and that's why, like, when Peter walks in, like, nothing happens. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's because, like, they saved his butt, basically. Yeah. Uh, re- retroactively. Uh, that would that would have been kind of funny. Um, but, I mean, the the big thing that happens there is just the learning of the network, the memory network right. between Nebula in the 2023 version and then the 2014 version of her. Yeah, and then the, that, like, you know, Thanos is... Could have, is, is you know onto the Avengers' scheme mm-hmm. and starts to take steps to bring himself into the present to get those stones once they've all gotten them. Yeah, but and the most like you know consequential thing that happens is on Voromir right. and very famously like we were talking about Jeremy Renner getting to act. Um, 
his Scar- best moment. Scar- here. Johansson gets the act too. Both of them yeah. do. Like, and it's because they're retrieving the soul stone and it's a life for a life mm-hmm. at that moment. And Natasha ends up, you know, like in like this really kind of like chaotic but elegant battle sequence between the two of them. Yeah, I'm like, no, let me kill myself to save you. <laughs> right. Um, she is like, she basically beats Jeremy Renner or basically beats Hawkeye jumping down mm-hmm. the sacrificial cliff. Yeah. Um, for the Stone Stone to come out. And that's a consequential death. Like, that's one that's irreversible. As far as they're saying in the movie, yeah. As far as uh, Endgame's concerned. Mm-hmm. Black Widow is dead. Yeah. Uh, did, which I didn't think was going to, like, I, we had convinced ourselves on the show that the Black Widow movie is not a prequel um, or whatever is going on there. Right. At least I had. Yeah. I was, I was, I was like 50 50. I was like, it could be present day. It could be present, a uh, half present day, half flashback. It, it was could just be. just such a stacked cast that I'm like, why would you right. toss yourself, you know, in the 1980 years, you know, Cold War, like, which makes more sense. But all that aside, didn't think that was the way it was going to go. I'm like, all right, we've been waiting for Hawkeye to like die for like three movies now. Uh-huh. So this, this is it. This is the spot for Jeremy Renner to, you know, um, take his leave. And sure enough, it's not him. Nope. Uh, and I think the movie, I think this moment is great thematically and in terms of character, but the execution of it is one of like those, like the few moments that didn't hit me as much as I wish it had. Like losing Black Widow is a pretty big deal. Um, but when that happens and then the whole time time uh, travel mission basically ends and they go back and the kind of everybody kind of figures out that she's gone. Thor's just like, why are we crying? Act like she's gone. She's she, like, we've, we've got all the time stones. Uh, she can come back. And I was mm-hmm. like, and that was my thought process too. When she jumped initially, I was like, yeah, all right, she's going to be gone for like 20 minutes and then they'll bring her back somehow. Um, so it, it, even on the second viewing, it still didn't hit me as much um, as I, as I still wanted it to just because like, it's an it's an, one of the original six Avengers. I wish it would have hit me a little more. I don't know if there's anything that would have that could have been done execution wise that would have made it like more emotionally resonant. But that was one of the few things I was like eh, a little a little underwhelming that scene for me. Okay. Even though I think the execution of it uh, or the idea behind it and her being the one to clean her her ledger finally after all these years and s- sacrificing her life to save. Um, Hawkeye's life after he saved her life to begin with uh, yeah. by putting like his whole job on the line um, I thought was a really great way to circle this whole thing around um, but I just needed something else I think maybe maybe the score should have been a little better I don't know I mean, the Alan Silvestri score across the board I thought was phenomenal but um, one of the one of the few moments I wish could have hit me a little better yeah okay fair enough um, but we get that we get there the only other part of time travel is in the 2020 or in the 2012 um, sequence Ant-Man and Tony are not capable of getting the Tesseract, as we mentioned. Loki gets it instead. Right. And that means that they have to then go to 1970 yeah. instead to go to Camp Lee, or Lay, um, which is the birthplace of Captain America and was revisited in Captain America, the Winter Soldier as mm-hmm. well. And uh, that's where they go to get the Tesseract out of the uh, underground facility there. Yeah, the early shield vault of mystery objects. Uh-huh, where uh, where Ar- Arnim Zola's uh, brain is eventually stored on a network. That's right. Um, there they have to go to get that, but also get pin particles so they can have uh, enough to return back. Yeah. Uh, so we get a nice little de-aged uh, Michael Douglas cameo mm-hmm. here, as well as a nice little Easter egg of the original design of the Ant-Man helmet from the comics That's on his right. desk, yeah. uh, which was very cool to see. Um, but the highlight here, we get to see 
Tony or we get to see Steve see Peggy for the first time, which yep. was touching. Um, but seeing getting to uh, Tony and Howard interacting together when they're when now Tony's older than his father, mm-hmm. um, and talking about fatherhood and like how like the complications of that, I thought it was such a like a beautiful scene yeah. uh, to slide into this giant three hour epic. Exactly. It's like, the, you know, you just to see your, it's like the back to the future thing, like in a little bit of ways, but also it's, um, it's like, cl- it's closure for Tony. And like, it just, this movie like literally just runs laps around all of the, like his issues, commitment, fatherhood, parenting. And then like the one with his dad, which I think is brought up like twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout, you know, the MCU movies and it gives it all to you. Uh, we get to see Jarvis for the first time in the flesh. In the movies, yes, that actor James D'Arcy plays Jarvis in the Agent Carter TV show. Oh, which really? Uh, yeah, which I was like, it's that was well, like that's the TV connectivity thing. I was like, holy crap! Yeah, they did it. Like it wasn't Coulson, it wasn't like Chloe Bennett from Agents of Shield or something. It was we got Jarvis back, which makes sense because that's like that was produced by Marvel Studios, I believe. And the first episode and the whole series, I think, was conceived by Marcus and McFeely, mm-hmm. the writers of the Captain America trilogy uh, and the last two Avengers movies. So it makes sense that they were the ones to bring in a TV character that they're already familiar with. Um, but it was still so cool to see that connectivity finally pay off in some major way. In the MCU t- or the Agent Carter television show, mm-hmm. is he also is his voice dubbed by Paul Bettany? No. Oh, okay. Which I, I, I'm i not sure if that was Paul Bettany's voice or not. I, their voices are very similar, though. Okay. I would say it sounded like him for sure. Yeah. So I could buy it either way. Yeah, but uh, that was just a, like a super, like, holy, like, wow. Like, it's not going to mean anything for most people. Like, you, you're just like, oh, it's Jarvis. Cool. Mm-hmm. But if you've watched it, you're kind of like, wow. It's the, like, it's the hashtag it's all connected thing that ABC and Marvel TV head Jeff Loeb has been preaching for. Yeah seven years and never met anything until now mm-hmm. uh, which was super cool and uh, I really loved all those scenes in 1970 but then time travels over they get the infinity stones and now it's time to make the snap happen to bring everybody who was dusted back not change anything else just bring yeah. them five years to the present day which was honestly one of the surprising choices of the movie as well uh, because it means that for from now until the end of the MCU there was always going to be a five-year period where all the characters who are brought back were gone for those five years. Yeah. And that there is a current, there's a uh, five-year gap in the MCU timeline where events can take place, um, mm-hmm. where all these different things can happen. And it's all happening in like this chaotic, like we just lost half of the population. What's happening sort of like landscape. And I think that's super cool. And it, it gives us those stakes that we've been, or that I've at least wanted of like, I don't want them to just undo everything and then be like, well, it's over. And now we're right back to where we started with infinity war. The snap never happened. And we're all fine. Like there's people who lost loved ones who are now five years older. There are people, there are kids who are now older than their younger siblings, potentially who were, who were lost. Like there's all these different implications that are uh, super cool for the real world. And we may never even touch in the, in the universe, but yeah. just knowing that like, Peter Parker was gone for five years mm-hmm. and that some of his classmates, even though the ones that probably aren't going to be in his next movie, uh, right. were, were, were and... snapped and are now in college. Uh-huh. Uh, like that's like a super cool thing to think about. Yeah, for sure. And, it, like, it's the, and then like um, they undo the snap and like the first time like they, they do it, like you hear birds chirping 
for the first right. time. And it's so subtle. And I'm like, that's right. I haven't heard a bird chirp this and entire it, movie. And even like the trees are like back and like oh, yeah. all alive because it wasn't just it was animal. Lush. It was it was all life was snapped away. It was very like a whole new world, brand new world, like the sun is shining. And <laughs> right. like, it was so cleverly done because like all of the doors are shut and then it's like, you know, landing on the planet of the apes and like where like where are you now? Uh-huh. As Paul Riley kind of like goes out there and he's like, it worked. And then, you know, everyone gets the phone call and things like that. But yeah, no, th- like you said, there are consequences which can be explored or unexplored um, in various ways for like, you know, the MCU. And that'll be really cool. Because mm-hmm. I, I had said, I'm like, it would have been interesting if the snap would have happened at the beginning of a phase and then let things play out. Mm-hmm. And now they have that flexibility mm-hmm. to do that, but it also just lets them be like, well, during the five-year period where the Avengers weren't active saving the world, all of a sudden there's 50 or 60 different supervillains that are on the list right, now. Like, and maybe that's, cleanup time. Like maybe that's what Shang-Chi's about. Like Shang-Chi's set two years after the snap, and um, you know his hometown is in chaos, and now it's like Shang-Chi has to rise up and like, be yeah. a hero because it's, nobody else is around absolutely like i could see that happening or um i mean there's, there's a lot of different possibilities we can get all into that in the big question um that we'll record later but um i think that uh from there and the snap being uh done for the second time this time it's done by hulk and he can barely uh take on the power of the stones to begin with yeah just you know yeah, yeah, just sliding by and not dying. Yeah, his um, his whole right side is charred, and now, and then Tony had to like freeze it, uh, just to kind of protect it in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and but as it's all swelling down, right? Just, like I did, I did for the second time. I was like, why is he doing that? Like, are you going to chop his arm off or something? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, the swelling. Okay, yeah, I know how that works. <laughs> right. But then during all of this time, though. Um, Nebula has previously been taken by 2014 Thanos. Yeah. Um, after the network, her network memory was connected to the old version of Nebula, and there's a switch that happens. So mm-hmm. then the past version of Nebula comes back and uh, changes the time machine portal thing and allows Thanos's entire sanctuary spaceship to come through the quantum realm right. uh, from the past into the present and uh, rain fire down on the uh, newly restored <laughs> Avengers mm-hmm. HQ. And uh, that's when all hell breaks loose. Right. Like literally it just like it obliterates Avengers HQ. They, everyone survives, of course. Um, right. <laughs> uh, like, you know, the initial explosion, but like not without like some serious like, uh, I don't know, you get alien vibes from Jeremy Renner's, you know, confrontation with right. the Outriders <laughs> as he picks up the Infinity Gauntlet and starts running with it, you know, deep below before he takes the sword out and starts slashing um, and all that jazz. But then, yeah, that's like you. This final hour is just an epic battle with the Avengers against the new Thanos mm-hmm. or 2014 Thanos, and you know, playing keep away with the the Infinity Gauntlet again. And I kind of roll my eyes at this. I'm like, oh, we 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 saw this, we saw this, we saw this thing before. At at the the entirety of it, or like the first part before at, everybody at, came back, where I kind of saw where things were going. Where I'm like, oh. Now they're going to have the Infinity Gauntlet and they got to play Keep Away again. I'm like, okay. But then, like, it got started. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. It's not It's not really that way anymore. This is a little bit, this is much more uh, direct in a lot of ways. And so I was like, okay, I'm okay with this. And especially when, you know, the fight starts between um, Thor, Iron Man, 
Captain America and Thanos. Yeah, and we get to see Captain America wield Mjolnir and wield it like a boss. He uh, (laughs) completely owns. He is the baddest guy around. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was when that hammer lifted first time. I was like, oh, oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. It's happening. I don't know if I'm ready. And then he just... He throws it right at it, and we get it's like basically the ray shot with the lightsaber from Force Awakens, mm-hmm. where it flies back, and then you don't. Where's it, who's, it. who's it coming to? Like, right. it's got to be Cap. It's got to be Cap, and then boom, it's Cap, and he's there with the shield and Mjolnir, and uh, he instantly just like knows how to use it, which is I don't know if that totally works, but like it's awesome anyways. Yeah, he just starts firing lightning at him, throwing the shield, and using the hammer to throw it back at himself. Uh, so many. It was very like RPG, like role playing, right? A lot of, like role playing game esque. Is he just like you? Kind of you take a POV view with Cap as he is just you know tossing Thanos around like a raggedy doll mm-hmm. uh, all across you know the the charred remains of like you know like in this crater that he, they've created, and it's probably one of the most like rousing moments. Oh yeah, of the movie, and like and that's I think that's really saying a lot because he just takes him down yep he, um, he i mean I, I love the the team up between th- when thor has stormbreaker and Mjolnir and gets lightning from both of them and pushes it into iron man's like the yeah. back and then uses like all of his different like uh tentacles or whatever to like shoot all these lasers at <laughs> right. Thanos. like great team up moment there um and calling back to the avengers kind of where he hits him with electricity the first time and it's like 400 percent power it's like uh, okay good yeah. to know uh <laughs> they, they they brought that back here in this movie and uh but yeah seeing cap go full on and like actually get like some real good licks in on Thanos. Like he broke his, he broke his helmet. That's right. Um, yeah. But then things took a turn very quickly mm-hmm. when Thanos like, all right, rips off the helmet. He's like, I'm, I'm, I've had, I've had enough. Yeah. And, uh, starts kind of taking cap to task, cuts his leg. I was like, <gasps> that's no. where I thought things were going. Like I was like, we're going here. Down. I was like, this is where it gets bad. And it does. It gets pretty bad. Uh, Thanos has already, you know, kind of annihilated uh, Thor, punched him very hard in the face, and mm-hmm. Iron Man has kind of been tossed around and uh, is figuring out how to get back up. Um, but uh, Cap's shield is broken in half thanks to several smashes by Thanos' giant sword, and um, it looks like it's going to be the end of him. He's just kind of laying there. He has to strap back on the shield, and yep. his arm has been cut, like, like oh, down, yeah. right down the middle. Like I, I don't know if there's a bone sticking out there. Probably not. Wounds everywhere. Um, but it is it is nasty. And then Thanos' minions um, kind of like arrive, and then all of a sudden you right. get like this uh, John Snow facing down the army. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh that's right. Like that. Well that comes in. Yeah. But um. After, after this, the best shot of the movie, <laughs> it's this tremendous wide of basically like you know all of hell before Captain America with Thanos at the center of it all. And just like this one lone soldier like, right. facing it down. Which I don't know. There's a, a great moment in, uh, I believe it's the Infinity Gauntlet comic book uh, storyline where it's the kind of the same thing where Thanos has dispatched all of the heroes that are left. And it's just Cap and Thanos standing toe to toe. And Cap says, as long as one man stands against you, Thanos, you'll never be able to claim victory. And I, th- I was like, holy crap. The Than- like the Russo's are going to do this because like Thanos just gave this giant speech of like, you know, I was I was happy have having this plan of wiping out half of humanity, but then I realized if I did that, um, then the other half people who would live would always try to fight back. So now I'm just going to uh, wipe out all life and start a whole new universe. And you're like, wow! And he's like, and I'm going to enjoy destroying your planet. And he just as he brings down 
the Chitari, the Outriders, mm-hmm. um, his the, the children of Thanos. He brings everybody down. Yeah, some really weird like cave trolls. Right, <laughs> like he like he, he goes all out. He's like, and I'm like, well, this is a uh, not looking good. I mm-hmm. mean, War Machine and Ant Man and Hulk and Rocket are all drowning basically That's underneath right. Avengers HQ, and uh, Renner is just like barely surviving so it's not looking good and i was like now we're gonna get this epic moment and instead right right when i think he's about to say it we get the gap and you're like who's that is that right is that hawkeye i don't know yeah and uh then you see here on your left portal opens up boom okoye black panther shuri walk out and they just like black panther just gives him this epic head nod of like uh-huh like, we're back. Right. We got this. And then, you know, like beforehand, like all of, all of, all of the MCU, really. Basically. Any, anyone you've ever seen or noticed or caught a glimpse of in the background, including those lost, dusted souls from Infinity War, um, are climbing out of Doctor Strange magic portals, uh-huh. uh, wormholes or whatever they are. And it's basically, it's, it's the most satisfying, mo- it, it's the most epic part of the movie is just watching everyone converge for the battle of the century yep. i mean i just got chills thinking about it again yeah because it's it is so epic you see as guardians uh the ravagers um all of the other sorcerers that wong and dr change have worked with over the years um and baku and baku entire all of all of, all of wakanda all of the jabari um we get to see Valkyrie riding on a Pegasus. Korg <laughs> yes. and Meek are there. How are the ducks apparently there? Which I've not seen yet, but that's what I've heard. And uh, they're all arriving, and including all the dusted people. Doctor Strange opens up, opens up a portal from Titan. The Guardians come through, and then the biggest cheer, without a doubt, in my second screening. Mm-hmm. Spider Man pops back up. His helmet comes off because you gotta give Tom Holland's face the money shot. Yeah. Um, crowd went nuts, uh, and. Uh, we just kind of see portals continue to open up of everybody coming back and uh, they all line up facing Thanos. Thanos kind of looking around like, okay, this is actually going to be a fight. Yeah, it's <laughs> fair. They've got some numbers now. Um, and uh, we get the, the moment that mm-hmm. we've been waiting for, for a decade. Captain America saying Avengers assemble crowd goes nuts. I went nuts. Uh-huh. And uh, that's when like the next 20 minutes, my jaw is just on the floor of, Wow! Yeah, it the the everything on screen erupts uh, into just like you know an orgy of destruction and <laughs> awesomeness and like there's it's it's really crazy. Um, the first time watching, I was like, this is a bit much. Okay. Um, but I was able I was able to pick it up and follow it a lot better the second time around. I don't know if it was just because where I was seated or however the however it was, but I was able to follow the action a whole lot better. Um that time through but it is just everything all the time mm-hmm. and it's a lot of it is really great um especially the team ups and the pairings and like you know the the building off of each other's talents that happen uh it is it is chaotic but very awesome it's that splash page moment that we talked about like earlier right. it is it is very cool right like if you thought civil wars airport scene of them charging it was a cool like you know splash page it is like nothing compared to this. When you yeah. see just thousands of different characters and soldiers like ready to face off against uh, you know Thanos' whole army, it's it is so epic. And 
you mentioned the, the various team lists we get to see the reunions uh rocket and bucky are fighting side by side again that's right um we get to see uh a nice callback to ant-man and the wasp when uh ant-man and wasp have to try to fix the quantum tunnel that's in ant-man's van oh, that's right and uh avenging Lilith's character hope van dyne uh calls cap cap uh which is a nice little callback because like she's like you call him Cap. He's like, yeah, we're, we're buddies. Like, you know, that's what, that's what you call him. Uh, which I thought was a very, a very nice way to tie that all in. Mm-hmm. Um, Pepper and Tony spinning back to back in their Iron Man oh, suits. That's right. The uh, first was super epic. Rescue's arrival. Yeah, that re- the rescue armor was very cool yeah. to see. I think she's on there. She the last one to serve, like arrive. She they're the last. Yeah, her 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 like uh, her appearance is up there and then it juts down to everybody else right because she like lands and then we get the the mask comes up yeah and then we start the like the yeah the, and the, then we like, get the, the big, push all yeah. the way down to cap mm-hmm. before um he tells them to assemble right after they've already assembled right but now but you, just, you <laughs> gotta let everybody know you know hey right we're doing this it's go time don't don't like you know back out now <laughs> okay. don't, don't go jump in one of these portals before it closes like, uh-huh we're here, we're fighting, yeah. and uh, we're, we're in this now. We're in the end game. Yeah, we get the reunion, though, too, from uh, Iron Man and Spider-Man. Oh, my gosh. That was that was that, one of the most, lo- that was more like the more lovelier played moments in the theater for everyone. That broke me. And really? that's where, like, it started. Like, and from, especially my first viewing. Did you cry in this movie? Like, not Not full and, on, but, mm-hmm. like, but it was mainly because, like, I was, like, just, like, I was, like, like, like hold it back like uh-huh. but like i was i was so emotionally engaged in the movie like more so than i thought i would even be honestly and uh yeah my eyes were full of tears basically from that reunion on until the end of the movie oh well that's so cool but yeah it's so it's it's great because he is just there and he's like nothing's happened apparently it's been fun he's, yeah, he's like, like did you like I was just there on Titan and uh, Dr. Shane started doing his whirly twirly lightning thing. And uh, now it's, it's five years later and I don't know what's happened. And like, then Tony just like, like, he's like, just basically like shut up and yeah, hug like, me brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, Oh, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the hug that he's wanted. I think even in homecoming, right. He, he, there's a joke about, you know, not giving you a hug. I'm just opening the door. Right. Exactly. And he's like, yeah. So it was a really great, like little uh, turnaround for them both. And then, uh, I mean, there, there's so much other things that happens in this finale. I mean, we get uh, the A-Force team-up shot, which was oh, that's uh, right. super epic, mm-hmm. uh, even though, like, logistically, I don't, I don't care. It's it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's the girl power moment. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah, it's like, yeah. W- I mean, why wouldn't, like, you know, Spider-Man or Doctor Strange or somebody else just, like, jump in there? It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, maybe it would have made more sense, but, like, that's a cool shot. And I know for a lot of people that's going to, like, mean a lot anyway, so it's like... Right, right. The, the uh, Carol, but I think the, the the most appreciative part moment of this at the beginning is Carol Danvers arrives um, late, but like in epic fashion, right? Just smashing through Thanos's ship um, and sending it into the sea while it's you know basically just trying to wipe out the entire battlefield because mm-hmm. Thanos senses they're losing. Um, but her, you know, look at Peter Parker. He's like he introduces himself yeah. as always. Hey, and I'm, I'm Peter Parker. Hey, Peter Parker. You got some? Yeah. Which is like ah, that's great. And she's like, you got something for me? And then he's like, oh, Peter, you have no idea what's about to happen yep. here. And she goes binary and just starts roasting everyone in yeah. the path. And I mean, Catherine, we haven't talked about her yet, but she's not in this movie a lot. No. A lot less than I thought she was going to be. I really thought she would be the centerpiece of the movie. Oh, okay. I, I, mean, I probably wasn't going to go that far, but I thought she'd be in it more than the opening, you know, couple minutes. Mm-hmm. 
and then having a hologram appearance during the meeting with Black Widow. Right. And then not appear again until the very end of the movie. I thought there was going to, like, she was going to be off doing something else unrelated to time travel, but I thought she would still be, like, involved in the plot, not just, like, I'll be doing my own thing. And then she just, like, coincidentally comes back right during, like, <laughs> the moment, the biggest moment of need, um, which is like, I'm, I'm fine with because that when she, once she does arrive, you really realize just, like, how OP she is. Mm-hmm. Like, she just instantly changes the game where, like, right. if she had not arrived at that exact moment, the Avengers' chances of winning reduce. They definitely go down. Way, way down. And, uh, like, it's cool to see her, like, arrive, crash to the ship, you know, get the A4 shot, and uh, they kind of go toe-to-toe with Thanos. And oh, that was that was one of the moments where I was like, oh, snap. Like, I think I swore audibly in the theater <laughs> and had to apologize to my nephew. And I'm like, like when he had Thanos' head went to headbutt her. And I'm like, nope, not working for you, pal, at all. So I it was mean, very cool. Yeah, I mean, the only way he was able to uh, get her off of him was to take the Power Stone out of the gauntlet mm-hmm. and punch her with the full force of just the Power Stone. Yeah. Um, which was... Uh, Bold move to do. <laughs> it was it was like very cool though too to like watch that happen because then Danvers just yeah sc- goes you know screaming off of like screen. You're like, this is just in it's 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 insanity is what's like happening. Like everyone is just being obliterated and getting back up and mm-hmm. throwing themselves back into the fight constantly. Yep. And uh, that is where we see. Uh, you know, the gauntlet at this point in time has been kind of jostled around and right. is it's uh it's the keep away game that right. they're doing. That, that that's what's happening. But at this point, Thanos has managed to uh I don't know, it's fallen off of Thanos at this point, right? The gauntlet? Yeah, or does he still have it on? He well when he he has collected it and put it on by yes. the time, um, by the time Danvers shows up and mm-hmm. tries to, you know, give one last Right, because she's trying to she's preventing him from closing his fist or snapping or anything. Yeah. Um but then after he punches um, Carol, and he's pu- about to put the power stone back in the gauntlet. Tony kind of looks at Strange like, "Yo," <laughs> and he he mentions before in the battle, he's like, "Hey, you said there's one out of fourteen million some possibilities that like we're gonna win. Is this the one?" And Strange says, "If I tell you, it's not gonna happen." Uh, which I think is more of just like a reading of not well. Strange won't do it if he or that uh, Stark won't do this if he knows he has to. It's more just like if you tell Stark at this point in time. You have to go try to snap your fingers. Mm-hmm. Like that, that changes the game. Like you ha- it has to happen at this exact moment in time. Yeah, I think is reading. That's why he held up the one at right. that point to be like, "This is the one shot. This is the one opportunity." Or yeah, you got to go take it. Right. Yeah. This is like, or it's it's like the it's the only way type right. of a thing. It's kind of like where it kind of signals work where you just like, all right, this is it. This is like you go get him, Tiger. <laughs> you know, like uh, uh, I'm of a thing or like. Yep, this is your time to yep. shine or whatever. And uh, that that is what Tony does. He leaps into uh, into Thanos, and uh, he's kind of jostling around with him. You're like, you're not really sure what he's trying to do. It's like, like you're trying to yank the gauntlet off of him. Like, that's really not going to work. Right. Uh, like, you've tried this before, mm-hmm. <laughs> and even the whole team couldn't get it off, and now you think you're going to get it off himself. Uh, but that's not what's happening, because the gauntlet that Thanos is putting on is made by Stark Tech, and the nanotech technology as his Stark suit. So when he is uh, trying to wrestle with Thanos, these stones... Uh, just pull from the gauntlet Thanos is wearing it to Tony's suit itself. Yeah. And uh, he pulls up his fist, the stones go into place, mm-hmm. and we get the uh, one of the most uh, iconic lines of the MCU already, but probably even more iconic now after the fact yeah. of Tony saying, I am Iron Man, mm-hmm. snaps his fingers, and uh, then the chaos kind of starts. And we see Thanos and his entire army 
turn to dust. Yeah. Uh, a second version of decimation that only takes on those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it uh, has some pretty uh, permanent re- uh, effects on Tony Stark. It does for sure. Um, real quick though, did you think he was going to swear? I really thought he'd drop an f bomb. Oh no. Um, Right before he said, I am Iron Man. <laughs> I really did. Because there was a... Wait, well, and how? Like, he'd be like, I am effing Iron Man? Or? Yeah, I, w- I would. I am Iron effing Man. Because he's because he's kind of going to... He's, he's um basically poking Betfon back at Thanos's I am... Um, I am Destiny. Or I am, inevitable. Yeah. I am inevitable. And I was like, like that whole was like, oh, he's going to say a joke here or something like that. But it doesn't come through. But I was like, maybe, maybe they're gonna, you know, put that, it in w- there. that would have been surprising. I mean, my sister, um, when we saw it together, she thought that he was gonna say, "I am the strongest Avenger," calling back to like how he named Hulk the strongest Avenger, but then Thor thinks he's the strongest Avenger. Uh, I was yeah. like, eh, that could have been funny, but like, I don't need a joke at that moment, especially if the result is going to be Tony's death. Like, he, his last big thing needs to be like this epic like mm-hmm. moment and that's exactly what this is because he snaps fingers Thanos's army g- g- turned to dust and then we see Tony kind of stumble off uh and sit down and his entire right side is just charred there's blood coming out of his nose his eyeballs um and you're just like this is this is it like mm-hmm. yeah he's still he's still technically live right now but like he's not gonna be and that's where it really sinks in war machine flies over um and Don Cheadle starts bawling and then uh, the heartbreaking moment again arrives when Peter Parker comes over. And he's like, "Tony, it's it's gonna be okay. Like, yeah, it'll be okay. Like, don't don't go, don't go." And uh, that like was really heartbreaking. And then Pepper, yeah, this comes is, over. And, that's the one that got me. It was Gwyneth Paltrow, just you know, you know, giving the most acting she's done in the MCU for this moment. For sure. And that's that's where I was like I, his death didn't really hit me the first time around. Second time, I was like, I really felt that watching her. Like, you know, and I got, like, I welled up a little bit. Uh-huh. I'm like, that was really good. Yeah. That was really good. Because she's, because she's comforting in this whole time of, like, you can finally rest. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's being strong the whole time. And then the, the second the uh, arc reactor light goes out, yeah, which, that's when, boom, she breaks. She flitches. It looks like she switches it off. Oh, I guess that's in possible. In some way. At least that's kind of how I took it was, like, go to sleep, bud. Huh. And tapped it off. Um, because it's not. What we kind of learned from that about that arc reactor is that it's just basically glued it, to his chest. Right. It's still, but it's still, I think it's still attached to him. Clipped on. Somewhere. So, so I think it would still be able to read his heart. Which, I, so I, I believe, when he rips it off of his chest, it also goes dark. So I think it has to be like connected to like a life force in some way, um, to be like powered on. At least that's that's my reading of it, um, and that's how that technology has been used in the past. Like it needs to be interesting, being used by somebody in some way. Um, to be, have the lights it's on. Kind of like your iPhone, how it kind knows of, when it's your yeah. finger and not a piece of paper. <laughs> right. Uh, I, guess, I guess that's how that works. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a super powerful moment, really well done and executed. There's no Marvel joke included uh, mm-hmm. or anything. It's just, it's going to let you sit there and realize that this is it. Yep. Let's you let watch everyone kind of just break down and cry from yep. Banner to, uh, I think um, Cap really Tony has and Thor, a... Or, 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 Tony and Thor, same person. Uh, or not, they're not. Um, Banner Cap and Cap, Thor yeah. um, are shown together, and uh, it's uh, it, it's tough. It's tough to watch. Uh, even a second time, it still still got me, and uh, it definitely got a lot of people in the theater. Like I could hear the sniffles. <laughs> the guy next to me had a had a had a napkin. And he was you Aww. know using it to wipe his wipe his own face. Wow. And uh, I think it just goes to show that like I think the the prevailing theory, and we both thought the same thing. It's going to be Cap. He's going to be the one to die. It's his moment. It's his thing. 
And, but really, this is this whole thing has been on Iron Man's shoulders since the beginning. He was the first one out the gate in 2008, and uh, I think it's only fitting that it was, you know, ultimate Rob Downey Jr. and Tony Stark to be like, I'm going to end this. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and, and for and for so many ways, like it was naive of us to think that Robert Downey Jr., um, the most you know, in demand, most, I don't know what to say, the highest paying actor uh-huh. like, out there, or him or him and both Scarlett Johansson, both, um, would like let the sacrifice card get played by anybody else right. other than him. Like it's that ultimate final narcissistic moment where it's like, no, Steve's not going to do this. I'm uh-huh. going to do this for you. It's the laying on the wire moment for him, um, taking one for the team uh, and for the entire universe. <laughs> so yeah. it's, yeah, it it was like, it was really, it was naive of us to think like it would be, anybody else other than him Mm -hmm. um i mean and then from there we get uh a a nice little moment where we just hear tony stark's uh voiceover and it's it's a message that he recorded before the mission started Mm -hmm. um just in case this happened um but we don't know that at the time and it it, it is for me it was like a flashback to iron man 3 and the voiceover he did in that movie um and we're seeing um you know wakanda and t'challa shuri and ramonda back together overlooking their city which is now back together yeah. and thriving we see scott hope and cassie together sitting on the porch enjoying each other's company um another heartbreaking moment involving peter parker where he is reunited with ned Leeds at mm-hmm. school and their emotional reaction to seeing each the other handshake again. just like picking up right where they left off yeah was, was terrific uh so good and i th- i think those are the only oh and then uh hawkeye goes back to his house and yes. reunites with his family yep. um those starts it those are the four like immediate pickups that we see um after the events of their ultimate victory here. Um, and then we see that it is a message that Tony's left for his family. We see Morgan Stark, Peggy pot or Peggy Potts, pepper, uh, pepper Potts, happy Hogan, uh, roadie Thor cap all in, uh, you know, Stark's house watching this message play, which I think could be a, p- a potential like nod. To, well, maybe his consciousness or other recordings of him could pop up in the future to mm-hmm. kind of keep Downey around. If you, if you really wanted to, um, and I think for the most part, I mean, he's, he's gone in a physical sense for sure. Um, and then you get this really beautiful, um, funeral procession for him where the, um, the raft of flowers floats off into the lake. And in the middle of it is the Gen er, one the, arc yep, reactor, the original yeah. arc reactor proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Uh, great callback excellent use of that uh, prop that's probably been sitting around marvel studios for years and um it's uh just really it's it was emotional on the saying goodbye to iron man level but then also what follows and the weaving in and out tracking shot of everybody at the funeral um just seeing how big the mcu has gotten from the point that iron man was introduced uh was just really cool to see all these different people here honoring the guy who started it all and who for a lot of them would never, they wouldn't even be here with this movie franchise or whatever. If it wasn't for the success and the um, popularity that Robert Downey Jr. helped bring to this. Yeah. And it was very, um, it was very notable too, that everyone was staged and stacked up in order of like their appearance. I think Captain America and Thor were out of place um, along the lines, but the camera does move through. Um, and picking up everybody, but obviously Nick Fury, who closes it out. Right. But I think it, I think it was in chronological release order. Mm, I don't. Mm, not to- kind of not cool. totally, because I, I mean it's it's Pepper and Morgan and Happy and Rhodes at the start. Then there's like Thor and Cap. Yep. But then there's Peter and Aunt May are right up there at the front. Um, 
and then oh that's right yeah i think it's the, the, the place the ant-man clans over on the left side and the guardians clans over on the right yep then on the opposite end of the left side is hawkeye and his family mm-hmm. and then there's wanda bucky and falcon Behind them is Harley Keener, played by Ty Simpkins, a nice Iron Man 3 callback. Uh, William Hurt's even there, Thunderbolt Ross. That's right. Uh, which was yeah. kind of surprising. It's like, okay, are the Sokovia Accords just like, they're gone? Because you're not trying to arrest all these supposed criminals. I would say uh, so. Uh, which is, I mean, even if it isn't, probably a good move to not try to arrest all these people while they're mourning the greatest hero that's you know been on this planet. Um, good move on your part, Thunderbolt. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, Very tasteful. Yes, Maria Hill is there. Carol Danvers is there. And uh, then, as you said, Nick Fury is the last one to walk in. And uh, after that, we just kind of get some quick vignettes of kind of teases of what could come in the future uh, for a lot of these characters that are still around. We get the wrap-up of Steve's arc, um, teases of new things for Thor, for Falcon, for um, a lot of different people. Oh, and Doctor Strange is there as well, and Wong, which I was... Oh, that's right, yes. Um, which I was like, okay, good. Because like, I, didn't, I didn't remember seeing him the first time I saw the movie at the funeral. And I was like, wait, so Tony invited... Wong to his wedding, uh-huh. and then he doesn't get to be there for the funeral. Right. I was like, that's so sad. <laughs> Probably, I don't. Did, did Wong get snapped? Uh, it has not been confirmed, uh, but I would. I think it's safe to assume th- Wong th- didn't th- get an invite. I think that I'm trying to remember the uh, those character posters that confirmed who was snapped and who wasn't, mm-hmm. and if Wong got one or not. <laughs> I don't think so. But that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I to say Wong was gone. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, it doesn't look like he did get one. Well, he did get one, and he was alive. Oh, so good for Wong. So Wong did make it through. Um, so, yeah, good for Wong. So he would have been at the wedding if it happened. I mean, it definitely happened during that time. Fair to um, say, though, I don't think. But it probably, probably wasn't, it probably wasn't a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely smaller than what they were originally planning at some point. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, I mean, I think that that is most of the stuff that we're going to talk about here that's not going to be saved for the big question. Yep. Um, is there anything else that's really, uh, you know, worth mentioning that we haven't already said before? Nah, I mean, we really kind of cut through everything. Um, like, going beat by beat here, um, Gamora re- uh, is back from the future. Or back from the past to yeah, the that present. Yeah, that is one question I have, which we yeah. can maybe touch on in the big question or it's not. kind of there and not there. Right, because 2014 Gamora makes it to the present day, but it's not sh- explicitly shown if she's snapped or not. And then Peter Quill is shown searching for a Gamora, but it's not known if that's 2014 Gamora. That he's seen if she's still here, mm-hmm. or and if she is here, where she would be. Right. Um, or if he's trying to figure out if the version of Gamora that was lost to the Soul Stone is still out there in some ways. Yeah, that's out there. Um, Captain Marvel's pompadour haircut makes its debut. Yeah, uh, to, to to some ribbing from Rocket, but looks really cool. It does. Uh, I, I like I like the haircut. I like the I like I like the role and everything that Carol had in this movie. It wasn't too much. And uh, again, this is the movie for the original six Avengers. And in that regards, I think the movie really focuses a lot on them. It gives the other characters a lot of stuff to do, like Ant-Man or Nebula is pretty good in the movie as well. Yeah. Um, and Rocket's all as great as usual, um, kind of slapping Thor into place there on Asgard. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is really a movie of the, the the characters that got us here in the first place. Yeah. And I think it's a really great send-off to these characters, to the MC that we've known for the last 11 years. And uh, as we'll talk about on Wednesday, it sets up a lot of very interesting possibilities for the MCU moving fu- uh, f- uh, <laughs> moving forward uh, as well. So uh, I think that's really 
all we have to say about Avengers Endgame. We've already got, we've talked about it for an hour and a half. Um, so I, I don't know if there's too much else we really need to get into here uh, about the movie itself, other than it is amazing. It's worth seeing. Obviously, you're in the spoiler section, so you better see the movie because uh, it's uh, it's one of those movie-going experiences I'll never forget. Um, just like I never, I've, I'll never forget seeing Avengers for the first time. Um, this is one of those special ones of like, it, it it lived up to the hype and more so. Yeah, absolutely. It, it not it delivered on exactly what it said it was going to be the end, like of everything that they began eleven years ago, mapped out and phased, you know, through and everything like that. Like it was totally, um, it basically like assailed all of my uh, problems with like these movies going forward. It's like I'm tired of like the the next thing. Like I'm glad to be at the end of something right for oh, once that doesn't matter i do want to ask you I mean, we're going to talk about all the future setups that happen in the movie mm-hmm. but you you have mentioned that in the past of like you didn't want direct handoffs of mantles or shields or anything in the end of this movie that does happen here it does happen here it does did it did it, did it bother you at all or was did you think it was done in the right way i don't know like i didn't want to be like winked and nodded i guess like all the way through um but since cap like we only have it happen once and it's really just cap giving the shield to Sam. Right. And telling him it's yours now. Mm-hmm. And even Sam's like, well, it feels like it belongs to somebody right. else. And then Cap retorts, but it doesn't. Yeah. And that is like old man Cap, 80 years old. Like, and that's just like, yeah, like I, he, it's, I don't know. It was, it was so much more than passing the mantle as much as Captain America hanging his up, but knowing that yeah. you can't hang his up mm-hmm. and you're giving it over to somebody Sam needs to be there. And exactly. And I thought that was really good and important for so many things, mm-hmm. not only the MCU, but all that. And so I dug that. The only other one is Thor. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's renouncing his kingship. Right. <laughs> so that he and, can go do something else. Right. Exactly. So he can just like sit on, um, you know, uh, a gla- intergalactic lawn chair. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and so at the same time, like those moments of like what's next is really we're done. And so I was okay with all of those, but caps was the only one where I was like, this could have not worked for me, but it did. Okay. Um, I think the only thing to ask, which I feel like I know the answer to, will Josh ever watch this again? Yeah, I'll definitely watch it again. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's way too early. Even though people already want to discuss where it ranks for you in the MCU or, um, superhero movies of all time. Like those are conversations for another day. In my opinion, I want to, I want this movie to sink in, Mm -hmm. um, before I, proclaim it to the top or wherever I would end up putting sure. it. Um, but it, initial reactions is uh, it, it's up there for yeah, sure. Top 10 for sure. Superhero movies or MCU movies? MCU movies. Oh yeah, yeah. For, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we have. Are you going to see it again in theaters? I'll probably end up walking in one more time before it leaves its run. Okay. Um, summer's here and classes are ending, so like, yeah, I've yeah, got, you've got a lit, you got eight, you got uh, stubs, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're set for sure. Yeah. But yeah, three hours is still brutal, and I can't believe I've seen it twice already. <laughs> so. Right. Like, I'll I, I may see it after we're done recording here. I'm not totally sure. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh wow. All right. Uh, just because like we it's, better wrap up then. Well, yeah. I mean, it's my uh, sister's. Uh, prom slash banquet night and oh. the after party's here and so there's just going to be yeah you need to get out of the house fifty thousand high schoolers and i'm not about that really mm-hmm. um but they're also not coming until super late so it's like eh, <laughs> do i need to go see a three-hour movie at like 11 o'clock at night maybe not but maybe anyways i don't know we'll see uh either way uh 
Avengers Endgame. Incredible. Great movie. Uh, if you guys have thoughts on it, and I'm sure you do if you've seen it, uh, tweet it to us. We would love to interact with you guys on Twitter. You can tweet the main account at Friends and Film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. But if you enjoyed our coverage and our review of Avengers Endgame, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and all podcast uh, platforms, as well as share and retweet the episodes on social media. Plus, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review with comments. Tell us why you're listening to the show. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to the Tensile Podcast. Josh, thanks for stopping, everyone. And we sure to turn next week for our future episodes.